welcome to this episode of On Finding Peace, brought to you by Life's Journey Life Coaching. Our host, Chris Shea, is a counselor, nationally recognized speaker, and author on topics of guiding us to finding peace in our daily lives. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of On Finding Peace. This is the podcast where we speak about practical tips on ways of helping you to find inner peace within yourself as you go about your daily lives. And I'm uh, really honored today to have a guest with us today. Uh, We have uh, Janae Michelle with us, and we're going to be talking about overcoming our past as a means of finding purpose and peace in our lives. So hopefully we'll get a good interview overview of that and uh, you know really find some practical things on what we can do within our own lives. So uh, welcome, Jane. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm always super humbled when people are introducing me because um, I, I, never, I never suspect or never know exactly how people perceive you. So I appreciate that introduction. Thank you very much. And it's great to be here. Wonderful. And I, I kept it simple for the moment. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't like that litany when people do that to me. So <laughs> oh, I appreciate um, <laughs> it. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you might not appreciate my next statement because the but, next statement is, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience, please? <laughs> sure. No, I love it. That's fine. I'm a talker, so I can usually find any way of which, which way to, to talk about anything, even if it comes down to me. So, um, <laughs> which I don't like talking about that much, um, unless it's a story that I think will teach people. But um, yeah, my name is Janae, and um, I am a, a, a speaker and a coach. Um, I, I coach people about how to be their own heroes and saving themselves. <laughs> And uh, I do a lot of online curating of discovery programs, a lot of one-on-one coaching, and I host retreats uh, all over the globe. And uh, I love what I do. I mean, I'm in the business of people like you. And uh, I just believe that most of the time I'm the messenger <laughs> and not mm-hmm. really so much, um, not so much about me as it is about like teaching people. I haven't even said that with uh, one of my posts last week about you guys think this is about you, but it's really about me in a selfish way because I get to like teach what I want to learn. And in turn, I get to watch you grow. (laughs) And so it's kind Mm. of selfish for me to be like able to watch that. I get really hooked on doing those kinds of things for other people. Right. And, (laughs) and, you know, that's, I I think where a a lot of us in, in this kind of work, uh, you know, tend to be that it it's, we're learners. You know, and, and I kind of look at myself as that perpetual learner. And, you know, for anybody who might look at me and say, oh, you know, you've you got an answer. You've got the advice. Well, I may or may not. But in the process of all this, I'm trying to learn to be the best who I can be. Right. And if you learn from my learning, all the better. And now I want to learn something from you as well. Yes. And it's it's. I think it gives us a great opportunity to teach what we want to learn and it allows me to dive into the research and it allows me to dive into, um, you know, what I feel is, you know, it's really going to benefit people and, and collect a lot of sources and, and, you know, be diligent because I'm, you know, so gracious to have that time. And um, most people don't, I mean, most people are going to a job every day and they're trying to do their daily lives and they don't have a lot of time to do self-discovery. So if I can package that and, smaller doses i mm-hmm. i really I, I love doing it and and it's interesting to me because at least unless my worldview has changed but it seems to me when i first got into the counseling field and helping other people um people didn't really seem to be overly self-reflective or see the need for it and I, i'm tending to find within the last couple of years or so more and more people have a sense that there's a need for self-reflection, whether or not they do it, but at least they see a need and and might be pursuing options for it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and it's so funny because we spend so much of our life spending money on things to help us define our human experience, right? So we, we, buy the house, we buy the car, we 
by the external things that we think are going to be beneficial to us that are all these kind of external things, but, and we spend money on our teeth and our maintenance of our hair and the maintenance of our skin, but we don't spend a ton of maintenance money or investment in that, or even just time on mm-hmm. our brain. <laughs> and it kind of blows me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, you know, that whole thing we, we have the personal hygiene, but do we have the mental hygiene? Right. Right. And I think there was a TED talk about that. I can't even remember who it was, but I think I remember seeing a TED talk about that kind of idea. And, and it just is mind blowing that, you know, we spend a lot of money on all these other things, but we don't, we don't even spend even to heck with the money. I mean, just the personal time investment and, and taking care of our mind space. Do you have any theory as to why that's so? I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, although I just did. Um, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> you know, okay. I, be, yeah. because I, I, I do think that's true. And I'll even say that in my own life. I mean, you know, just because, you know, I talk about this stuff now doesn't mean I've always practiced this. You know, I mean, sure. what people see in me today is has been a process of, of many years of, of work to get to where I am. And there's so much more processing to do. But it, it does seem that, you know, we, we neglect that. Why do you think that's so? I think, uh, I think we've gotten a, a, a really far distance away from what it is to be human. Um, and I think we've also been hugely influenced by a world that is super interested in showing you what you're not. And we're really influenced by that. As human beings, the negative is always so much easier to believe than the positive for whatever reason. And, um, and so we're easily manipulated by external factors. Maybe it's media, maybe it's marketing, maybe it's you know, mass companies or what have you, but we're really, we're super influenced by these things. And so we keep looking outwardly for the answers instead of looking inwardly. And I really think that that's kind of like a, a part of the root problem is that we, we're not, we're wanting to be, de- we want to define ourselves, but we, we don't know how to do that from an internal standpoint. And I, I do feel that a lot of people are looking for that, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons I, I want to talk to you about, you know, that, that finding purpose, because uh, I think so often people are trying to define who they are in relation to finding a purpose in life. And I, I wonder if that's part of the impetus in, in the last couple of years of people, you know, at least saying I, I need to do a little more self-care. I need to do, you know, work a bit more on my mental hygiene um, because I, I wonder if people are, are looking for purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, there is, it sure as heck is on trend right now, isn't it? Like everywhere you look, it's about, it's about find your purpose, find your message. And there's like, you know, five-step programs and there's, you know, masterminds and all kinds of ways in which to do that. Um, (laughs) Which Mm -hmm. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with. I mean, I'm part of that machine to a degree. I think it's about the intentions behind that, obviously, um, and who you're purchasing from and and doing your due diligence, just like any, you know, like you would if you were buying a refrigerator. Um, So, (laughs) but um, I mean, I don't, I think it's, um, it's an interesting question because I mean, I think that there's obviously a need there. We're seeing this need reflected um, a finding purpose because we bigger, we think that there's a bigger question out there. We think that we don't know who we are. We think that we need to figure these things out by external factors. And if people believe what most religions tell you, um, any religion, is that you're kind of born in this very perfect space and that everything that you need, you were given from Mm -hmm. the beginning. And the further along the path you get that you don't believe that, the further along that you you struggle as a human being or, or you struggle in your human experience. So this purpose topic is it's, you know, I don't know. I saw somebody the other day even mention something about how how Tony Robbins and the manifestation slash law of attraction movement is ruining the world. 
And um, and this is I came from a very respected person, somebody who mm. I respect. Um, but you know, I was just like, it's very blanket statements. And I, and I said, well, sure. I mean, because you know, marketing ruins everything, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, right? So marketing ruins everything. And so there's no reason why the human development space wouldn't also be attacked by that marketing message. So, you know, it's all in, I mean, everybody's going to exploit everything. So whether it's toilet paper or whether it's, you know, completely rebuilding your life from scratch, you're going to have to do due diligence on especially something so important like your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of important. And <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and there's a part of me where in the last number of years, I, I've focused a, a lot more of my life on the mindfulness and uh, mm -hmm. the whole point of staying in the moment non-judgmentally and, you know, kind of experiencing what is happening to the person. Yes. And I, I do wonder in some ways that could there be something like an over-seeking maybe an over-questioning, uh, you know, is is seeking something like purpose, which is so huge, does that take us away from the moment, do you think? I think it's all in context. I think it also depends on the person. You know, I think there are some people who are not ready for those answers, and it's going to take them a while to get to a space where they feel like they're comfortable in taking it in. Because as you probably have developed or have learned or have, um, experience that this can be a very overwhelming, you know, space, learning about the mm -hmm. self, learning about, you know, who you are as a person and learning about your behaviors and why you make the decisions that you do. And it, it's a rubber band. Like, you know, once you stretch that sucker, it may not come back because it's probably going <laughs> to snap and you're, you're never going to be the same. And I think some people can really handle that and others can't. And I think it's, it's really dependent on the person, depending on whether or not, you know, they really have a true sense of being able to organize that for themselves, pace themselves, <laughs> you know, take in a certain level of, you know, information and apply it because that's the other factor, right? We can learn as much as we want, but if we have, you know, no, no way of which to apply that to our lives, like what's the point? What's the point of even trying to learn? Right. It, for me, it's all about, you know, what am I going to do with what's given to me or do with what I've learned? Right. It's not learning for the sake of learning, but what, where does this take me? What, what do I do with all of this? Yeah, it's it's a big question. I mean, that I, I've, I struggled with that in the very beginning of my learning when I was, you know, trying to become a, a better human and learning about this experience about like what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and you know, having a sense of this purpose, this calling that I was trying to figure out what that meant. And man, I just became a sponge. And I'm actually in one of those periods a little bit right now, because I'm trying to learn about some newer stuff so I can provide for my clients. So I know better how to like handle it this time, though, <laughs> instead of getting so overwhelmed and like getting getting to be this little hermit in my house and, and it's letting the walls kind of come in on me like, Oh my God, what's the purpose of living? Um, <laughs> so now at least I feel like, um, I feel like I've got a better grasp on it and going, okay, how do I apply this in everyday life? How can we, how can this impact daily living? So that way people in bite sizes can really utilize this tool. So it's, it's a, it's not an easy task to do. I think that's where coaches really do come in handy. Right, exactly. Because if we just let ourselves go all over the place, it we can take those multiple trails, and we don't know which one we're on, or you know, right. it becomes overwhelming when you're I'm looking instead of a fork in the road, you know, five or six, you know, different ways I could go with things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it. Sometimes I think too, it's more of just kind of sitting with that unknown. You know, and, and some people, like I say, you know, can do well with that and others can't. Um, mm -hmm. You know, recently I was, I was watching a TV movie with my wife and it had ended and, and the, the person who was doing the nasty stuff that they were doing, you know, she looks at me and says, well, what was his motive? They didn't talk about his motive. Uh, Why did yeah. he do all that? What was the motive? And, and I just kind of sat there a moment and thought, because he can? <laughs> Right. You know, like, do we need deeper than that? You know, I mean, yeah. Do well, we and have to dig deep all the time? 
And you know, it's so funny that you said that because in some ways we're notorious as human beings for to want answers, right? We're just mm -hmm. always looking for these um, these answers. Like there's something that, you know, someone knows that we don't know and that drives us kind of batshit crazy in some ways. And, mm -hmm. um, and what if it wasn't about having so many, you know, questions uh, or having, you know, looking for so many answers, but what if there were just fewer questions? And that really does go back to the purpose question of going, you were born with everything you need to know. If you spent more time looking within, you would have fewer, you know, fewer questions to the world. You would be seeking fewer answers in the world if you would just reflect more often instead of, you know, looking outwardly to define your human experience. Right. Yeah. What have you found or, or what would you suggest um, as kind of a, a practical way for people to be able to do that. You know, if, if there's people listening to this saying, well, okay, that makes sense. I need to look deeply into myself to find that, all right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do I do? Right, and and I think there's that's a, a beautiful question because um, I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> I say that because it really does look different for everyone. Um, right. And I would attest that to something that I teach and I, I'm really diligent about, um, I've, that I've been diligent about probably for the last year of my life, which is having a mindset practice of some sort, some kind of mindfulness practice, whether that's meditation, journaling, um, you know, whether that's, you know, yoga practice or what have you, uh, a way of which to reflect. Now, I just did a class on that. So it's kind of interesting, not even just about what mindset is and why, it sh you know, what questions you should be asking yourself and things of that nature, but more so like, what does that actual practice look like? And it should look different. It, I mean, it should be as unique to you as your DNA. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and that's why I said, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's gonna be different for everyone, but I would suggest that people literally sit down and list out some of the most favorite things that they love to do. Usually the things they get kind of lost in their mind with, um, and that could be knitting, that could be jogging, you know, that could be some kind of physical activity. It could be, you know, crafting of some sort, um, maybe it is writing for people and maybe it is meditation for some others, um, but it should be unique to you and to use that time and actually identify the time in your day where you know you have that every day. So I think that's another place where people fall down is that they don't identify in a day where they can actually do that practice and commit to it. They just kind of go, oh, okay, I'll do this daily. Well, what does that mean? Are you going to do that at eight o'clock when you're putting your kids to bed? Probably not. Are you going to do that at the time you typically are on your morning commute? Probably not, unless you're doing an audiobook, right? <laughs> and you're learning right. that way, <laughs> or you're listening to us. <laughs> Hopefully, um, exactly. So, I mean, it's. I think that's the that's the really hard part is what people don't understand is that they need to make it unique to themselves, otherwise they won't stick with it. So, starting with a list of what those beautiful things that they love doing, and then taking that list finding the top five maybe and shuffling it up a little bit and figuring out when they can do that practice. Now it could be five, 10, 30 minutes a day and it would seriously impact their world by giving themselves that gift every day. And, and I, I think in the emphasis that I'm hearing from you and is, is that repetition and routine mm -hmm. seems to be important. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think what we, I mean, there's this big space around what we focus on becomes our world, right? So, right. you know, if we, you look at anybody who's teaching in the mindfulness space, they're typically telling you about what we focus on is what we, you know, bring to fruition, what we manifest in our lives. So if you're constantly on a daily basis looking at, you know, the divisiveness of our country and letting politics, you know, divide you or distract you, if you're looking at your bank account and it's constantly you know, getting you angry or making you live in scarcity mode. If you're, if you're putting all your attention on remodeling your house or, you know, um, the relationship that's falling apart in your life, then you're probably going to be perpetuating this experience in your life on a daily basis, not just from a manifestation standpoint, but also from a chemical neuro standpoint, because you're going to be making those chemicals in your body, in your brain. They're going to, they're going to, come into your body space and they're going to create your reality from a chemical level as well. So it's about, that's why it's so important to give yourself a time of reflection each day, 
because otherwise you're not going to put your focus on the things that really matter to you. You're going to put it on the things that need your attention, the responsibilities, the stresses, the things that make you angry, you know, the things right. that are perplexing you or giving you trouble. Um, and that's why people on a daily basis are typically having that kind of trouble. It's what we focus on. You know, yeah. it's, you know, the, the whole thing, if, if you have, say, a headache and the more you focus on the headache, the worse it feels. And, mm-hmm. you know, the less you focus on the headache, you might actually forget about the headache. Right. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Focus on that routine and that time to take care of self. And, and then you're going to, you know, start doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wh- where for you does you know, the past come into play with all of this. You know, we, we talk about, you know, like overcoming the past to move forward and in, in defining the peace. What, what role do you think that plays for us? Uh, I think so much we look to our past to define what's going to be ahead for us. I mean, we use all of our past experiences to help us make decisions about our future, right? It's a natural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so I think that when when we're dealing with, you know, how to make changes in our life and what have you, the fact that you're going to predicate your future experience on something that's happened to you in your past is really a zero sum game. Um, It's, it it may give you some cues into maybe better, making better decisions. I mean, after all, we do need to learn from a few of our mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it also, it shouldn't, sometimes I think it becomes a hindrance to us or a crutch. Um, it gives us a crutch. Oh, well, I, you know, the last time I tried that, then, oh God, that ended up in disaster. So I'm not going to try again. Um, it creates a, a block of fear, perhaps, or, you know, it's, it's, it's predicating like the fact that, oh, well, you know, this is the way I did this this last time. So I need to go completely off the deep end and go completely opposite and it doesn't make any sense and it's not rational, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I don't care who I hurt in the, mean, in the, in the process. I mean, it, it's, it's using that past kind of experience to define our future. I, can, I, I think it actually gives us more troubles than it does um, hands us more, you know, before it hands us more answers, if you will. Um, right. So I, I think actually it's more of a hindrance than anything. I think it can be helpful in instances, but... Uh, when we're, we're talking about moving forward, we can't change anything back there. We can't change what happened. We can't change the circumstances. We can't change the, the players. Um, we, all we can do is move forward and know that we have everything that we need to make the right decisions, to make the right calls, to have the right experience if we would just listen to our intuition and not question it. And it seems in today's world, that's the very first thing many of us do. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we feel, you know, here's the right thing, but I'm going to sit there and ponder and question what my gut, my intuition is telling me. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder why we don't trust ourselves. Uh, because we live in a world that tells us not to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we live in a world that tells us, you know, yeah, that we're not good enough, that we're never going to be good enough. But if you purchase this item, this thing, you will be, you'll be lovable. You'll be worth it. You'll deserve it. You know, um, you'll, you'll grow on the, on the promotional ladder. I mean, there, there'll be so many, there's so many reasons in this world. If we listen to that chatter, the constant chatter of capitalism, if you will. And I love capitalism as long as it's responsible, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, if you don't know how to decipher it for yourself, you're going to end up as just being hugely manipulative. You're, you're putting yourself in a space to be incredibly vulnerable and be manipulated. So it depends on, you know, how much you want to take hold of this life, this one and only life that you have and, and place it in a position where you don't have to use your past to tell you what to do in your future, knowing that you have the tools and you can listen to your gut. And I mean, there is, there is a space, you know, in our bodies, in our chakra space, you know, they say, go with your gut feeling. And there's a reason that chakra there is all about your power. It's your powerhouse. It's your intuition. It's what Joe Dispenza says is your third brain. (laughs) (laughs) And it has just as many nerve endings and 
chemicals that our, nor that our brain has potentially. So to not listen to it is really a slap in the face in many ways, right? It's like, oh my God, I'm True. not listening to that brain, right? I mean, we listen to the one that's in our head because everybody tells us to, you know, that this is the only brain that we have. But we, we have a brain, apparently, according to, you know, some research, we have this brain that's in our head and then technically we have one in our soul area and one of our gut and our gut area. And that's why they call it like, you know, your gut feeling, your intuition. That's where you feel like it comes from. And that's what you would attribute as to where all of this information is. Like, you know, when you keep saying, you know, we're born with knowing everything that we need to know. Mm -hmm. Is that where all of that would be? I think so. I mean, in, in many ways, I think we, I mean, I think we learn obviously throughout time right. and, and, and it depends on what you're going to allow into your, your human experience and what you block or resist um, and, and how much you want to learn about that. I mean, I think there are some people who are perfectly happy of living in a very shallow life who aren't interested in learning about the inner workings of their, their daily life. Uh, they're more interested in you know, the external life, which is like the things like politics and fashion and things like that. I like those things too, to a degree, but I also realize that they're distractions. And the more time that I spend on those things is the less time that I spend on, you know, crafting what I'm supposed to be doing with myself. And, you know, I've, I've had to block out, you know, some of that world, whether it's because it's so in front of you, right? I mean, it's, you can't mm -hmm. even get away from it, obviously, in your social feeds and and what have you. I mean, it's so easy to engage in those kind of conversations that are ex, you know, outside of ourselves. But is that really, you know, is that really defining your human experience? I mean, maybe if you're a huge activist, <laughs> you know, and that's your job. But typically, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, for most people that that's not their job. And it's just a means of passing the time. Uh, because they're bored. And I hate it when people tell me they're bored, because I'm like, well, Work on yourself because if you're doing work on yourself, you wouldn't be bored. <laughs> right, you know. Or, so much. Yeah, you know, use that bored time to maybe do some of those things, you know, like writing or meditation or you know whatever it is to find something deeper about yourself. And the question is, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? It's because it's hard. It's harder yep. than just passing time with watching House of Cards. I mean. It's so much freaking easier to do that than it is to sit and deal with yourself. And it scares people. I think it scares people yeah. to a degree. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think you've hit the, the two top reasons as, as to why people won't look deeper. And unfortunately, our, our current world with all of its technology that I do love, so I'm not bashing it. Right. But, you know, in that motivation for how we use that technology is that easy escape you know so i i don't have to you know deal with it and when i'm bored i can put on a you know series and just binge watch it oh and that, you know, that, we couldn't do that you know only a number of decades ago right i mean it is yeah it's uh, i just finished watching a documentary it's on netflix um called low and behold low mm -hmm. just lo um and it was the first <laughs> LO was the first uh, interaction between the computer at UCLA and Stanford. That was the first message that went out before it crashed the system. <laughs> 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 and, um, and so this whole documentary is about, you know, uh, how the internet started and it takes you through the evolution of what it's, what it's done, uh, how it's changing our human behavior, our, our patterning, our habits, and it takes you into the future all the way through AI and asking ourselves the moral questions that we're starting to ask ourselves with like, you know, do we really want machines to be con to have a mind? Right. And it was interesting because in that documentary, I mean, we, they, they, they talked about how people become so dependent on, you know, our, our technology and, um, and that this technology space it's doing crazy things to people and their bodies. I mean, it's, it's creating habits among people that they would have never had. They're, they're wearing diapers while, the, while they're gaming so they don't mm -hmm. lose their place in line. I mean, they're, they're getting mm -hmm. strange thrombosis and, and things like that in their legs because they're not moving enough. I mean, it's, it's impacting our lives in a very negative way too. So 
interesting documentary if, if you know, if anybody um, wants to check it out. I thought it was fascinating. It starts a little dry, but it gets better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and when you're, you're talking about technology and the role, you know, it plays on our development, we have, we have so much information out there that we can fill our minds up with all the good stuff, right? And the learning right. and being able to have deep discussions like this is super impactful, but you can fill that time up just as easily with gaming or, you know, bullshit that just doesn't at all feed your soul. And it just passes time. It passes, you know, all these opportunities for you to, to fall into yourself, to lean into yourself. I don't, and it's, I mean, I've been there. I, I've been, I've binge watched. The last thing I binge watched, I think, was CSI. <laughs> a good show. <laughs> a good show, but it was like back, like in the early 2000s. That was the last time I binge watched anything. So, you know, I mean, now I can't, I can't watch anything. Like I can't watch TV. It's just, it's. Mm. Yeah. It, it's hollow. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, that how do we use the tools that we have to the way that it would benefit us? You know, if, if people are saying, you know, my life is meaningless or I don't have peace within my life, maybe one of the first places to look is how are you using technology? Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think people have to make a choice. I think they're going to have to make a choice as to how much that they're willing to contribute and how much they're willing to complain. And people typically complain about things that they know they can change. They don't complain about things that they can't change. Like they don't complain about the sky not being pink because they know that shit's never going to happen. So, you know, that they do complain about things that they know they can change. It's a good red flag for anybody who's, you know, feeling that way about certain things in their life. And I, I know that's kind of harsh in some, in some ways, but I mean, this, I don't, I don't like coddling people. I want them to know the truth that they have more control mm-hmm. over their lives than they think they do. And they're choosing, they're choosing to tell themselves a story about something that's not true or that they've made up so they don't have to achieve. So they don't have to act. So they don't have to, you know, want for more. They'll tell themselves all kinds of different stories. Exactly. And I'm really glad that you had said that because that's something that I've been trying to get across to my clients and and even to the students, you know, that, that I teach that, you know, we are making conscious choices in what we think and in how we feel, you know, and and to stop blaming everything around us for how I'm feeling and for what I'm doing and, and to start to take that ownership of how you feel is, is in many ways how you're choosing to feel right now. And that's a man, that is a hard pill to swallow. I mean, it mm-hmm. is. And I mean, just think of the moment when you learn that. When the moment you learn that, you were like, oh shit. That means <laughs> I really gotta do something about this. Like that, damn. And yeah. then and then when you bring it to someone else's attention, you can see that same like drop. Like, oh my God. Right. That means like I'm responsible for everything in my life right now. And to a degree, there's some external factors that don't maybe head that way, which I would argue they still were your fault. But I mean, in some ways, yeah. I mean, I don't want to believe that I'm a long distance parent because of it was my fault. But I attracted that challenge into my life for a reason. And as I go through my life, I'm starting to see why. Because it doesn't make any sense. I didn't do anything to be placed in that position as far as like doing anything bad. And, you know, it didn't make any sense when it happened. But I'm as my life evolves, I'm seeing why. And I just decided to not question it and I decided to lean into it and I decided to look at it as an opportunity rather than this thing that would hold me back, this thing that would give me an excuse not to be an excellent mom. Too bad he's a couple states away. I'm still going to be an excellent mother and you're not going to take that away from me because of some distance. So it's how we choose. We have to make a choice and making that choice is not easy. It's, you know, playing... And I don't want this to sound in the wrong way because there truly are people right now who are victims of a certain circumstance. But to be able to say, stop playing the victim role, mm-hmm. you know, start taking action to what you don't like in your life, you know, start finding those areas that you do complain about your own life, about how you feel about your circumstance, about whatever, 
and you know look at it more in the sense of what can I do to make my current life different mm-hmm. and start to take action about that yeah I mean that's and you know it's really easy I think once you have learned to do that like you and I have learned to do that but when you tell somebody who is at a this crossroads of just feeling hopeless it's very hard for them to look at that situation and go right. like, okay, I'll do that tomorrow because they don't even know where to begin. It's, it's too overwhelming. And so, right. you know, that's where I think coaches do come in. And I think, you know, this stigma luckily is this, oh, life coaches, that's so silly. Like, you know, you know, just slap donuts out of my face every day. I mean, <laughs> some, some people still think and have this idea that that's what life coaches do. And I'm like, well, no, but you know, I mean, if I were going to the Olympics, I would have a coach go with me. I wouldn't just go thinking, yeah, I'm an American gymnast and I'm going to do this without anybody. Exactly. Um, it's the same kind of concept. And, and, and I think people are starting to understand that, you know, if they, they can get into a, a group coaching or a one-on-one coaching or some kind of program, do the homework. I mean, there's a lot of like coaches out there who are all they want is your money. I mean, they're exploiters, so it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Um, and really find a coach that best fits with you. I mean, it's a relationship and I think it's a great place to start because not everybody needs a therapist. I think therapy can be really good for a lot of people, but I think a lot of people really who are in therapy situations probably just need a coach. (laughs) Um, I would totally say that. Um, and, and, and vice versa. There's some people who are in coaching relationships that really probably need a therapist. Um, So I think it's really about being honest with yourself and going like, look, can I, can I do this on my own? I could probably do it on my own if I want to take a couple extra years to make that happen, or I can get a coach and I can get on with my life. <laughs> I mean, that seems like a really simple, I mean, I have a coach, so I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody needs one to a degree. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's, uh, if someone is serious about changing their life, I mean, that is a really good place to start. And it might not be a one-on-one situation. Maybe you're just jumping into like a group, you know, membership site where it gets your mind thinking and it facilitates some changes and it makes some shifts and it asks you some bigger questions. And then from there, you can make a decision whether or not coaching is right for you or if you feel like you're on the right track. Right. No, and, and that's one of the reasons that I got into doing life coaching and promoting it as life coach because I've been a counselor for over 20 years and mm-hmm. – that is one of the things that I start to find that a number of people who would see me for counseling, there is no mental illness. It's life. It's how do right. I, you know, gain the goals? How do I find peace? How do I move forward? Right. That's not a mental illness. No. That, that, there's nothing for me to diagnose as a counselor, but yeah. it's legit. You know, it's something that, you know, you need. So, that's where I started offering both services, you know, that right. you can do like what you were saying, you know, I mean, professional athletes still have a coach. Yes. You know, they didn't meet, you know, make the pros and say, I got this. They've got a coach. Um, and they have actually a lot of coaches around them and, in, in, you know, quotes, you know, yeah. telling them what to do and how to do it and how to, you know, promote themselves. But um well, and I think it's, you bring up an interesting point because we are, I mean, I think especially in this country and probably all over the world, since, you know, we, send, we tend to set a lot of trends, um, is that there is a real mental health crisis in our world. And, mm-hmm. and it is a very real problem. Um, but I also think that it has been overstimulated on the other side of things of going, anybody who says that they are having a bad day, they're automatically depressed. Right. And, and it's like the people who really need the mental illness like support are not getting it. And the people mm-hmm. who really don't have a mental illness are getting that support. And, and they really just need maybe a coach to go, you know, kick their ass a little bit and to go, you know what, you have this, you can do this. Like, what right. are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? You know, that's going to be a very different approach than you're going to take with somebody who has a mental illness situation. So, I mean, it's, it's this strange dichotomy that's happening again, where we've overcompensated in one way and we, you know, underachieved in another way. And, People don't know where they sit. They don't know where they, they, they think, oh, my God, well, I've had two days back to back where I don't feel well. I'm, I must be depressed. And I'm like, okay, or you're just bored, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> you know, and you're don't you're overwhelmed about where to begin. And so it's depressing you temporarily, you know, like maybe you're not depressed. Maybe you just need somebody to like sit with you and figure out your next move. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's true for most people, you know, that there is chemical imbalance, which causes depressions. There, there are, yeah. you know, things that will happen in your life that will, you know, bring about a, a depression. But I think for most people, no, what you just described is the truth. And, and it is more of the coaching and, and kicking them into action and saying, you know, you can think different. You don't have to live in this way. Mm-hmm. And here's how you can do that, you know, so let's kind of move you forward into doing that and, and, you know, showing you those paths to take, Sure. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's what's maybe helpful, you know, as we talk about, you know, the past and, and, you know, kind of looking at what does that mean for us now is, you know, I, I'm not my past and, and I, I can choose to not relive that past. I can choose to move forward from that Mm -hmm. past. And I think this is, you know, interesting since we just came off the kind of counseling side of things is that, especially if you don't have a mental illness, but you go to a therapist and they're very interested about digging in your past because typically it tells them what's going on in your current situation, which I agree with. But if you're not clinically depressed or you're not dealing with, you know, severe anxiety issues or mental illness, then that's not going to be helpful for you. That's where you've been. We're not going there anymore. We're going Mm -hmm. forward. So it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that so many people think they need to dig around in your past. And even I get stuck in that mentality because that's what we've been conditioned to believe about our mental health is that we've got to dig around the past to figure it out. And honestly, this was a breakthrough I had with one of my, with my coach in LA recently, I was with her in December and I, I was having the struggle around my abundance and what, you know, what was, you know, like, I just can't get past this certain level of, and why is that? And I, I'm going, I need to know where it came from. And she's like, okay. I mean, like you can like spend a lot of time on that if you want, or you could just make a new decision about it. And she, and I was like, oh, damn. Um, and, and she's like, if you knew what it was, would it really change your abundance situation today? And I was like, well, probably not. It's not going to just automatically create more abundance in my life just because I know where the problem came from. So I think in many ways we can just take a look at our past as maybe indicators, but some they, our past doesn't hold the answers for us. We tend to think that it does right. from a mental wellness standpoint, from a mental capacity and, and you know a mental health state of mind. But really what creates inner wellness is you know thinking about being very clear about where we're headed in the future, getting some clarity and wrapping your head around that and figuring out what you need to do or who you need to become in order to step into that person. No, and, and I think that that's very true because we can look at what's going on in, in my current situation and just take that and say, well, what's happening is happening. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, what can you do different to make the future different? Yeah. You know, instead of saying, okay, well, you don't like where you are today, so let's examine that past. No, it's okay, you don't like today, so what do you do different? Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a certain, I guess, moment where you have to kind of like, you know, state, well, this is what's always been happening, which is a past statement, right? It's a, right. it's a looking at your past or the habits or your patterns, but really when it comes down to it is really trying to, we don't know what to do or we're unhappy and we're not changing because we don't even know where the hell we're going. And if you do, if you're like, well, I just want to be happy. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does, what does happiness look for you? Or I just want to, I just want to not worry about money. Well, if I give you, as my coach would say, a hundred dollars, is that going to solve your money problems? Well, no. All right. Well, if I give you a thousand, is that going to solve your money problems? Is that freedom? Well, no. Well, you need to get specific about that. <laughs> you know, what does that really look like for you? Do you need to have $25,000 in the bank so you feel comfortable? Or are you going to sit around and be okay with $100? Chances are you're not going to be happy with $100. But you don't know right. because you haven't, you haven't placed your attention there. Yeah, it's... I, I think that, that definition is important and, and trying to help people to figure out what is those reasonable expectations? You right. know, and, and that's where one of the things that uh, I work a lot with my uh, college students on, more so than my clients to some degree, but you know that maybe our goal should not be 
happiness in the sense that, yeah, how do you define that? And it can be a fleeting emotion. I do like to talk more about that inner peace than about finding happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, happiness comes and goes, you know, but can I have a peacefulness about me even while feeling some different emotions? You know, I, I might have some fear about the future, but still feel a deep sense of an inner peace, even though there's that outward fear. Well, that's just the thing, like, that people are so worried about getting through their pain, and they're so worried about, you know, like, getting rid of their problems. So I'm just thinking, when has there, when have you never been dealing with a problem in your life? I mean, you're either, you're either just got through one, you're in the middle one, or you're looking at one. I mean, it's always that on repeat. So for us to believe that, you know, there's some magic in not having problems because they don't like, they're not going to always be there. It's just kind of a, you know, BS story that we all like to believe. We're always going to be dealing with a problem or a challenge or a struggle to some degree. So to believe that we're, we're going to somehow make it to this like destination where that shit doesn't exist. It, it, it just doesn't matter. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care where you are on the career ladder. I don't care what your kids are doing or not doing. You're going to have problems. <laughs> it's just right. the way life goes. And then the right. same thing, and the same thing goes for being, you know, getting to good states of mind and up leveling yourself that way. I mean, you can, you can get to this new level and go, Oh my gosh, I've broken through and I'm excited and I feel great. But that's not going to stay there. Now it's time to go, okay, where else are you going? Like, what's the next level you're getting to? Where are you headed now? That's another set of problems in front of you. You're not going to be okay once you just, oh, my God, I made my $25,000 goal. <laughs> and just sit there and be like, okay, I'm happy. No, mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to want to be like, man, I did that. Now what can I do? So <laughs> yeah. it's being comfortable with that change and being comfortable with that you know, journey and, and just embracing that the fact that it's going to be this bumpy road if you could just be okay with going man i like the bumpy road if we could just be okay with that discomfort man our lives would be so much better <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know our society teaches us not to be i know, you know because there's a pill for that yeah you know if you're uncomfortable then you know go see your doctor about this pill and you know life will be wonderful well, and okay, that's just, you know, you don't get me started on that because, <laughs> because doctors, doctors or therapists or, um, and I say physical therapists, I'm talking from the physical body standpoint, just, they're just helping us stay sick and in, in, to a degree, they're validating your sickness because you're right. seeing them for sickness. So they're validating the fact that you're sick. So it's a cyclical thing that we fall into and that's got to, that kind of goes into a deeper mental space, um, that most yeah. people are comfortable with, but I mean, it really is, it really yeah. is, yeah, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would agree. I, you know, because uh, unless you are suffering a mental illness that has, right. you know, a chemical component, uh, you know, with it, you know, most of these pills is just a Band-Aid and hasn't really, you know, done anything except for put you on the pill because the minute you get off of it, your problem is still there and you're going to feel the same. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. we really haven't taught you anything on, you know, in a healthy manner, coping with how you're feeling. Uh, we've just thrown that Band-Aid on it. Right. Um, but like I say, you know, I mean, there are chemical imbalances that need to be, you know, used by medication. I'm not talking those. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. I mean, there's plenty of there's plenty of that to go around when it comes to chemical issues and what have you. But um, yeah, I mean so often, you know, doctors just, they're kind of there to keep us sick to a degree. And it's, it just validates us. It's a, it's a strange mental space to go into. It's a, a, probably a whole nother conversation, obviously, but <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when, when we uh, look at this topic and all, is there anything that you think we haven't covered that we should mention or anything we're missing? No, I think it's really just um, about really trying to get, I don't know, just really trying to understand that your past is really not the answer keeper. <laughs> you know, it's really not the keeper of what's going to, what's ahead for you. It's really not the keeper of, you know, um, your, you know, 
your karmic ways just because you know you you did something questionable in the past doesn't mean you're going to be you know punished for it for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. um you know i think it's just our past holds maybe some clues but it's really not where you're going so it's it's like walking into a room or an opportunity backwards <laughs> you know it's mm. really you you have this beautiful opportunity in front of you and instead of walking into it with your eyes wide open and looking at it you're walking into it backwards and it, and it's scary and so you're looking at your past going well, what's what's ahead what's ahead what's ahead it's kind of like you know like not kayak i guess it'd be more canoeing or something because you go you row backwards right <laughs> you know yeah. and, you, and you're not looking where you're going per se and yeah, you're moving forward. And um, I think it's important that you turn the boat around. Look at where you're going. Look at where you're walking. It's okay to leave the past where it was. I mean, it's served its purpose. It's what's done is done and it's time to move forward. Right. I, I really like that analogy of, you know, it's like walking in, into the room backwards. Yeah. And, and I, I think is, is that that's a really nice, uh, <laughs> at least for me, succinct uh, image you know, yeah, that, that helps explain that. Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, it's one I use often in, in my coaching because, you know, I think the idea is that it's, it's more comforting to look at our past to a degree because we know what to expect. Right. And people like knowing what to expect. People say they like surprises. They really don't. When it comes yeah. to life adjustments, they don't like surprises. So, you know, it's, so they're, they're like, you know, well, I know what to expect, so I'm going to, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's painful, I'll stay there because not knowing what to expect is harder and it's not as fun and it's scarier and it's more fearful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 <laughs> no, we, we, we take the tend to take the comfortable route and the known route yeah. uh, more often than not. And uh, yeah. Yep. I hear you. Um, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about you, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, they can find me online on my website. It's www.jenee, and that's spelled J-E-N-E-E, michelle.com. And um, they can also find me online just uh, on Facebook, just Janae Michelle. Um, I have my personal profile. Be, you know, friend me and say hi and tell me that you found me through Life Journey. And, um, uh, and then... Um, gosh, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm kind of everywhere. So anybody can just pop in my name in those spaces. They'll probably see me pop up. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, quite enlightening. And, uh, you know, I've learned some things, which, you know, as we said at the beginning, I'm, I'm kind of that learner. So thank you for that. Yeah, oh gosh, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate your time. And, uh, Look forward to continuing to follow you on social media. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. And, and I'm so thankful that you invited me to be a part of, you know, your group and, and your people. And I hope that somebody finds some, some answers within what we had this beautiful discussion today. So I appreciate that opportunity. Well, and, and that is my hope as well, that, you know, somebody can learn something from this and be able to change their life for the better. Absolutely. I agree. Well, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Chris Shea. Learn more about Chris Shea by visiting his website, www.lifesjourneyblog.com.